This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris. You know, if there's one thing that's American, it's American television. The TV was invented in America. The um, uh, the, the the TV, uh, the, you know, the entertainment, the shows originated. I think complete had to have originated here. Maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, does anybody know how they videotaped in the beginning? I don't know. Well, I guess movies were around, but anyway, it doesn't really matter. They're broadcasting video, which was really revolutionary when you think about it. This idea of of broadcasting imagery is a really kind of um, uh, unique, magical, mythical, uh, you know, just a, a crazy idea to some people at that time, if you think about it. Can you imagine growing up with no video screens? I think I might enjoy it, actually, on a bunch of different fronts. But imagine how life would be different without video screens. And it all started back with the television. Who invented the TV? Does anybody know? I should have looked it up. Who invented? It's a good thing we have the Wizard of Oz here. It's not listening to me? Of course it's listening to me. We're going to talk about that. Who invented the TV? Not the remote. The TV. Somebody invented the tube. Scottish engineer John Baird. Huh. Not American? Maybe the tube was? Maybe I had the whole thing wrong. I'm glad I checked. I would look very foolish here. So much for the as American as apple pie theme. Get out. Let me see here. Communications medium, crude experimental forms in the 1920s. Uh, after several years of further development, the new technology was marketed to consumers. After World War II, an improved form of black and white TV broadcasting became popular in the UK and the United States. Television sets became commonplace in homes, businesses, and institutions. During the 50s, TV was the primary medium for influencing public opinion. Remember I said that. During the 50s, TV was the primary medium for influencing public opinion. It's important that that's noted here. In the mid-1960s, color broadcasting was introduced in the United States and most other developed countries. Well, anyway, um, Baird in 1925 with his televisor equipment. um, Looks like he was putting on some kind of a uh, puppet show or something to demonstrate this thing. Herbert Ives, Frank Gray, a Bell Telephone Laboratory. So there was a bunch of players in this, I guess. Anyway, I guess I should have studied up on this a little more. It's not American, I guess. Here I thought the TV was American. Well, either way, (laughs) I should have not drawn that point because it was completely unnecessary to where I was going with this. I I was born in 71, so I grew up in the 70s, you would say, the 70s and the 80s. This is a little bit beyond the 50s. I would say that the uh, TV was also impacting um, public opinion in the 70s and 80s. Would you in the United States? I would say the most influential by far. 
it was central. It's very interesting to me, this whole phenomenon. This isn't even political or anything. It's, and, and you've heard me say it many times, the warnings from my mother, get away from that boob tube. She knew it was evil. And the conversation is that with my wife about our daughter. Enough with the screens. We've taken it away. These things are like addictive to the next thing you know. She's like, where, where is she? I saw her iPad. What do you mean she's on her iPad? It's 80 degrees out, early April. You know what I mean? Sit in a dark room. Get Put that thing away. Get outside. Let's go. You don't have anything to do? Good. There's a rake. We'll get started now. Anyway. My mother used to give the warning, and she couldn't have been more right. I have strong feelings about this. This is part of the reason why I don't watch any TV today. I don't say I don't watch any. I watch very, very little. How much very little? Probably not one hour per month on average. That's how little. It just doesn't even interest me anymore. Every once in a while, you know, let me see what's on TV. You know what? I'm always disappointed anymore. I'll get to that a little bit, maybe. But my point is this, even uh, four years ago, prior to moving into this house, the way our old house was laid out, the TV was kind of central to the house. This is the way we grew up. The TV was always on. Did you grow up that way? At least in the evening hours, after dinner, what would you do? We had these black and white TVs. When did they say that the color came out in the 50s? Here We're in the 80s still watching black and white. I kid you not. I'm not making this up. I could go into a whole story about that. No remote. I was the remote. My brothers and I would fight. It's my turn, and you have to change the channel. Anyway, it was like five stations were fighting over the two two reasonably decent for kids, right? And they were, amazingly. These things were great, actually. They're like rebroadcasting this stuff because there's nothing better now. Amazing when you think about it. But it was the center of homes in this country. And... Um, it was the perfect mind control device when you think about it. And it worked very effectively to that end. I mean, it must be true. Wikipedia said it. I read it to you. My mother said it. There you have it. How much more evidence do you need, for God's sake? <laughs> Welcome to the Twilight Zone. I think I could say that every day. Honest to God. Joe Biden spoke. <laughs> I also saw it being reported, and part of the reason I said take note of what I read to you from Wikipedia, I didn't know that uh, until I just pulled it up, but I had this note here. They're being reported. Now, this is, you know, of course, right-wing, white nationalist, heterosexual, male monster nonsense, uh, but they're saying that um, all the wars, all the wars, every war over the last 50 years were false flag events. CIA initiated. Something along those lines. Look, I don't know. I don't want to be the one spreading conspiracy theories. How would I know? Well, ask yourself. What exactly was the justification for Vietnam? For Afghanistan, the invasion of Iraq? Oh, it was because of 9-11. Was it? What about the first Gulf War before that? Well, it's because Saddam invaded Kuwait. Somehow we were the world's police force, and suddenly we're not. And suddenly the protection fees, people know likey. The funny thing is, as far as the period that we're in right now, 
whether you like it or not, it was still the better option. But let me stick with this point a second. When you think about how influential the TV was in, in changing public opinion, and you look back now on what was being done and what was happening, this idea that all the wars over the last 50 years were false flag events, and when you combine that with a long history of stolen elections, and yes, I said elections as in plural, and it spans many, many decades. And I don't know these things firsthand to say to you with uh, absolute truth. I know what I know over the the past five years of watching things closely, the tactics that were used. Uh, I can't tell you back in some of these other elections, but you should go back and look. Liberal, Democrat, and uh, Republican conservatives pointing out with specificity how elections were stolen. I don't know. You know, when when it's uh, our side, I guess everybody's okay with it. When it's not, people are in an uproar. Either way, it's, it's like any toxic relationship. As long as there's energy to feed it, there is. Uh, but anyway... 50 years of false flag events, 50 years of stolen elections. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about all that. Maybe TV brushered in the new golden era of entertainment and great value to our lives. I don't think so. I'm not blaming TV for, for you know, the fall of mankind here. It's not what I'm saying. Uh, but I think there, there was a consequence to it for sure, right? Some of these, I look at some of these big things that had big consequences in this country. Uh, the wars we fought, when you look at the young males that have been killed off, it's amazing, really, when you think about that impact on the population today, span that out over time. Uh, what's the other one? Uh, big impact. The wars, I'm drawing a complete uh, blank now. TV, oh, smoking, cigarettes. How many people were killed off? What has that done for the population? Maybe maybe all these little dastardly little things were done to control the population. Maybe there's a history to that, that somebody knows something we don't know. I don't think so. I think the world could support more people. I think it's a whole myth just like many others. But either way, TV, uh, deceptive? Well, you have to decide. I'm not the only one calling these things out. But then the FBI, Facebook International, started a new little game called social media. Well, really, it kind of started back with MySpace, the whole digital. Remember when it was AOL chat rooms? I was there for that. I was pretty much in on the beginning of computers, not like, um, you know, the big uh, tube TV, but since uh, microchips. Um it's, you know, I guess fortunate for me that I did grow up with that. Kids today, they're growing up at a different level, missing out on a piece of that. They're not doing the coding and things that uh, I was doing when I was younger because you had to. It was the only way you could use the computer, really. If-then statements were like a big thing. Now when you look at data queries, it's amazing what that led to. All really based on the same thing. And somehow along the way, these gadgets, computers, ability to do new things in new ways... Um, has led to this idea of social media somehow out of that. I don't know. This is out there, you know, Star Wars-level conspiracy theory. Just a little idea I created in my head, all based on, you know, 
circumstantial disconnected dots. But this whole thing of social media is really starting to look like a CIA or FBI operation in itself. I, I joke, FBI, Facebook International. I don't know if it is. I really don't. Uh, but either way, when you look at what has happened between the mind control, well, the influence of TV, what it has influenced, a departure from God, family, and country, that's a fact. It's been a participant in that change of culture. You can agree with it. You can call it liberating. You can call it, well, we don't need families. We don't need God. And we don't even need a country anymore. The borders. Ha ha. That's what it's led to. Like it or not. That's the change that occurred. Am I wrong? And when you look at the whole thing, the combination of social media, mind control, influence peddling, Combined with the mobile phone, track you, listen to you, it is, has been, I'm going to tell you specifically how and a couple of things you can do about it today. I'm not kidding about that. Not Hitler, uh, not Stalin, not Satan himself could have ever imagined the success of controlling people like the mobile phone and social media. Don't take my word for it. Why are there uh, school districts suing social media companies now for uh, the um, damage that it's caused to, to children? Why would that be happening? Just creating that out of thin air? I don't know how you could say that. These are good, hardworking, liberal, Democrat-controlled, <laughs> uh, lawsuit-minded cities and municipalities. I don't know who. I don't know what their politics is. But I do know that there's cities that are suing. Now, another problem was created out of all this change, by the way. Uh, Certainly, the TV had some impact on the newspaper. The newspaper used to be the way that people were peddled information. It was um, mostly decentralized. You had your big papers, but you had your local papers then. And there was a lot of work to that, to write it, create it, set the, the, the type. And get it printed in time and delivered. Amazing when you think about it. All analog, analog, nothing. It was paper. Good old paper. Hand delivered. They were using, you know, courier pigeons. Whatever they had to do. Hot air balloons. Chinese spy balloons. Whatever you want to call them. They had to get it delivered. Uh, TV. Well, the papers mostly succeeded. And, um... You know, that wasn't completely the case. Papers have been struggling my whole life, pretty much. But they were still there. And you don't really see that the same way. There's hardly any printed papers anymore. I can't remember. Well, I do see the printed paper occasionally. Believe it or not, I know people that still value uh, (laughs) printed paper. I don't. I don't read any printed papers. That... Uh, is a result, basically, of the shift in advertising. And I could go on and on about this, but I don't really need to. I talked about it before, let alone the influence of of NPR and, and uh, these other government funds. I'll talk more about that. But it, this new problem was created by social media and the, and the mobile phone and that it provided very cheap advertising. And many uh, people were happy to go along with the little game because it created legitimacy for an otherwise completely fake endeavor, being the social media. 
And I'd been saying that all along. There's nothing special about this technology. And I heard there's another one about the launch. There's so many uh, social platforms now. And I guess the idea is just to throw one out there and, and see if it's going to hit. And you'll get these influencers like Trump. Well, I'm going to have my own social media app. I guess like your own blog with comments. I don't know what you begin to call that or what have you. But uh, but anyway, what also happened is that social media took instant control over the communication to the masses in a way that TV could only have ever dreamt of. And it was both uh, a problem and a solution. Uh, but the problem began to outweigh the solution. And that's because people were using the power of the Internet and social media for the good of the people, not for the good of the government. The experiment was coming apart at the hinges with Trump and this populist movement, not even just him. What's going on? What's happening? Anyway, it's it's a very interesting history when you look at it, the history of TV, digital media, and the influence on the human population. Now, you could um, make all these points in a slightly different way, right? You have to take my uh, word for this or take my opinion on this. But you're going to kind of arrive at the same point. Social media was, is very damaging to society as well as all the other media. And uh, particularly reporting of the truth. And part of that, I think, is because it took the human side out of it. You know, it's easy to post a lie on Facebook compared to lying to somebody's face. It made it easier to reach so many more people. But I see more and more now that none of the videos, social posts, none of them have the reach that they once did. That there was this fake, fake audience baked into the whole thing, either by hook or crook, by accident or on purpose. Nobody, we may never know. Uh, But look at how it's all uh, been destroyed. Um, And and by the way... um, you know, uh, when, when you look at uh, how this has all changed the modern American family around the TV now I'm talking about, not social media. Well, social media too. I didn't even think of this. Think about where we went from. It used to be that you'd have dinner. Some people would have dinner with the TV on. That was kind of a no-no in our house from what I recall. We would eat. Then we would go watch the news and maybe a nightly show or two. And these were kind of more wholesome, you know, maybe artificially wholesome, no doubt artificially wholesome. But it was dinner time, then it was TV time. And that was, time, that was how it was in American families. That's how American families got caught up on information related to the world around us. And as Americans with TVs, we seemingly stayed well informed on those matters, whether we were being completely lied to or not. But now all that is being completely destroyed. Look how it's been destroyed. It's important to see the pattern. It'll likely affect other businesses in the future. Some have already been impacted in the same way. The, the first step to destroying the media and journalism was a large amount of regulation. It was all regulated. Now, it's been a long uh, time since people have been able to speak freely, completely freely, over the airwaves. Some people say that's a good thing, some not. You can look at anything two different ways. Uh, Of course, there's a need to bring some kind of civility to the public discourse, but that civility brought censorship. It always does. 
And we're always just talking about that line. I've made this case with social media. I don't open a social media app and there's pornographic images there. My daughter, my family, I'm at work, whatever. Right? You don't want to see that. Lots of things. I don't know. How do you how do you completely deal with that? And you could go on and on. But the regulation, that's the first step. Well, for your own safety, you know, for decency's sake. The second step was government getting involved. And this was done through NPR and also the BBC I mentioned earlier. Both massive, massive government-sponsored media schemes. And isn't it ironic how quickly they ran from that label? Once Elon Musk made it apparent to the masses, what do you mean government-sponsored media? (laughs) Government-funded media, whatever he said. What if they had government-funded terrorist organizations? Oh, Uh, let's not go there. Anyway, step one. Regulation. Step two, the government gets involved in the business itself. NPR, BBC, you see this in communist countries like Venezuela where they take over the oil or what have you. They get involved in these big businesses. In this case here, it's the media. Uh, And then the the third step was to embarrass and sue legitimate media out of existence. And this is the final step to fully state-sponsored media. And we're basically already 90% there, except this is the new modern era of state-sponsored media where they're not going to tell you that it's state-sponsored media. And they will run from that label. No, what do you mean it's state-sponsored? Isn't it interesting that all the major media outlets completely agree? You had a mild little bit of resistance from, like, Fox News, but that was about it. Newsmax. Who's ever heard of it? Who's really making the switch? Hmm? How many people are even interested in it? The TV made it easy. People weren't, weren't searching out the news. The news found the people, I think, largely. Maybe it was more interesting to people at a certain time for a variety of reasons. Maybe it was, you know, at a time when, you know, the idea of just sitting in front of, of a screen for an hour was appealing. Now with one in our hands, we're running from it. Nobody wants to watch TV anymore. At the end of the day, ideology aside, politics aside, Without a free media, what makes us any different than any communist country? And has that become appealing for some reason? I don't know. Not to me. Anyway, uh, let's talk about a couple of other things. I want to talk about the economy a little bit. The news, of course, is like normal, is bipolar. Uh, my take on the economy right now has been, continues to be, that we're in a weird sort of not good economy, not bad economy. Inflation is going to continue to chip away at that. I think my guess is we're running about 10% a year. By my math, that's going to continue over time. It may ebb and flow. We'll see. That's what I see the next 10 years looking like 10% inflation. Uh, Another doubling of prices in in the next 10 years. Uh, I could give you my theory on that, but it doesn't really matter. And I want to get that out of the way. Let me tell you what's being reported. Um, Why are there so few houses on the market? Uh, there really is a shortage, and a lot of that has to do with regulation. And this is another evil little thing that the government's been doing, piping people in without the ability to put them anywhere, putting more and more pressure on communities, artificially pressuring prices, which really is creating homelessness. How many people really are one step away? It's freaky when you think about it. Uh, big Bloomberg write-up on the crumbling child care infrastructure. 
used to be the parents raised their children. It used to be that the mother stayed home, raised the children largely. That was never always the case, and it's not that women didn't work from home, work while at home, take kids to work with them, and all kinds of things in between. Uh, That's not really why I'm mentioning it. But largely they were taken care of by the families, maybe even the extended family. Sometimes that wasn't available. Churches began to help out. The church was a, a large child care operation, still is. But it's not profitable. I don't know that it ever really was meant to be, should be. And they point to that. Oh, boy. Well, the government's going to pump in a bunch of money under the guise of helping you. It's not going to help you. It may help you a little bit, but it's going to jack up prices further for people down the road. That's going to be the reality of that. Uh, New York mayor pushing uh, vegetable-based diets and... um, I don't know what it is with these politicians wanting to preach to people, and I don't know what it is. This is what's interesting to me. It's really like the, the parties have reversed. It's like the conservatives have become the liberal, the more what I would call Democrat, democratic liberal, and the, the today's uh, liberals are more just fascist. You know, that they want to tell you how to, you shouldn't be eating meat. You know, and, and they want to legislate these things to make it harder to eat meat, more expensive to eat meat. And somehow that the people are okay with this. It's its own religion, its own science, its own belief system based on what? I'm not really sure. This kind of weird sense of doing good. Um, a new survey might be the first indication that uh, economic no- woes are casting clouds over the economy. On the other hand, New York City leisure hotel revenue on pace to exceed pre-pandemic levels. Um, I'm thinking inflation. That's what I'm thinking. But people are back, clearly. U.S. home sales soar to a one-year high in March. Reuters. How do you explain that? Why a debt ceiling bill that will never become law has Kevin McCarthy sweating. Time Magazine. Well, just because Time Magazine says never doesn't mean it's never going to happen. We know that. But I have to believe that with each day that any limits on the debt ceiling are dying on the vine. Some 45 Democrats want to eliminate it altogether. Can you imagine what we will subject ourselves to? This last brittle little check and balance in their ability to spend. If you look at the Constitution and the Income Tax Amendment, there's no limit on how much of your income government can take. And we're now going to allow them to draw up unlimited debts without even a vote on the matter. Why would we do that? Okay, you disagree with me. You say, well, there's many reasons. This is untimely, inconvenient, subject to political woes, blah, 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 blah. Great. Then do it for every level of government, state, local, and federal. And as a matter of fact, for the people and corporations, too. If there's no limits on what we can borrow, then make it that way for everybody and every entity. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. (laughs) that's ridiculous. No, it's as ridiculous to me as it is that uh, uh, you're going to take away the the debt ceiling. I'd go the other way. 
I'd make a constitutional amendment limiting the amount they could tax and the amount they could borrow. Let me mention a couple other quick stories. Antifa members arrested in Dallas-Fort Worth for allegedly attacking protesters at a uh, drag uh, story time deal, whatever those things are. So Antifa goes and attacks protesters. What are the chances that if they had not been caught that these would have been right-wing, heterosexual, male, white male extremists? I believe they were all white. You can look at the link here yourself in the show notes if you like. Uh, an Oregon City banned gas. The gas company is suing them back. Lots of eyes on that. Here's another one. You know, God forbid that Republicans want to protect a baby's right to live, but, you know, banning gas stoves is completely on the table. And they actually believe that they're doing something good for the environment in the process. Mind-boggling to me, really. And, you know, all the, they just want them out of these multifamily units. <clears throat> so it's like... um where poorer people are going to live. You're gonna, now you're going to deny them gas. Well, the wealthy people living in the big single homes, they can have gas. But not you schmucks living down in these apartments. Absolutely not. You can be trusted with your own gas. <laughs> Listen to this. I want to leave you with this. Five ways your phone apps are listening to you and what you can do about it. Um. Here's the five most common ways you're being spied on. Alexa and Siri, always listening. Facebook can access your microphone all the time. Instagram tracks activity even when you're not on Instagram. Google Maps is building a giant map of everywhere you've ever been. And accepting cookies allow your crumbs to be followed all across the Internet. Every time you allow cookies, you're giving hundreds of companies the ability to listen to your every move online. Turn off access to your microphone settings. Ask apps not to track. Tell Google Maps it can't follow you. And always reject cookies. Um, It's not paranoid to think that your phone apps are listening to you. They really are. I've said this for some time. Tracking where you're going, what you're saying, it's beyond dystopian. And you say, well, it's all just digital. And I used to think, well, the volume, there's no way they could, you know, intercept and interpret all these calls and analyze all these calls and texts and emails. And I'm telling you, I was completely wrong about that. The technology exists today on both fronts to capture it, uh, understand it, review it, and spit out a summary in probably about a nanosecond. I don't know how much of it's actually going on to that degree, Uh, but it's kind of freaky, and there's only more of it going on. Welcome to the new modern era. A little far cry from the Jetsons era that we had hoped for, isn't it? Doesn't mean that it can't be a great day. God willing, I'll be back tomorrow. I sure hope to see you there. In the meantime, make it a great day.